I hope we love Jesus not the same but more this year. As Dean already mentioned, I was supposed to preach this message, though it's been altered a little bit. I was supposed to preach it on the 7th of January. It's a, for the new year. But you know what? It's still a new year because we still have 11 months instead of 12. So one month has passed, and I hope, I hope you just love Jesus the same. I have uh, two verses I need to read to you this morning. Let's open our Bibles to the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, please. Letter of Paul to the Ephesians, <clears throat> chapter 5. It's good to see you here this morning. Some of those who are not with us for a few weeks, they are here today. We are thankful for that. We're thankful for those who are healed. This flu this year was, was strong. Uh, it got every family. Sylvia and Shelley are still coughing, but they are doing well. By, by the way, Shelley is healed from her surgery, and we uh, continue to pray that she'll be with us here at church very soon. She can't wait to be with us. Tomorrow, Sylvia will be with the women. You have a good Bible study coming tomorrow, so pray for that. Let's read chapter... Five, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. In some uh, verses, it says, seizing the opportunity, verse 16. And in the new King James Version, it says, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. Redeeming the time. In other words, in some other amplified version says, seize the opportunities. We are offered many opportunities in life. And so many times we miss them. And so many we take advantage of them. And Paul is seeing here, is saying here, take the opportunities to fight this evil world. Our world is changing every day. And you know what? It's not getting better. I'm not here to preach gloom and doom to you, but things are getting worse. I'm not talking politically. We don't mention that here. And we are not politicians here. We, we just preach the word of God. But spiritually speaking, things are getting from bad to worse. 
all the signs that we see now is pointing to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can wait till I hear the trumpet sound. I'm not waiting for the graveyard. I'm waiting for the rapture. I ask believers, we're waiting for the Lord to come and take us to be with him. But meanwhile, until he comes, we have to redeem the time. And that's my message to you today. We have to redeem the time. We have to seize the opportunities that God has given us or allowed us to have. Dr. Bob Jones Sr., he was the founder of Bob Jones University, once said regarding our opportunities, he said, I have known God to use people who never had a chance, but I have never known God to use a person who has had a chance and will not take it. I think it's clear. And as we begin the second month of this year, we cannot truly foresee what this coming year has in store for us. Or, in other words, we can't see what lies ahead. We cannot predict the future or what it holds. But as truly Christ's, we are not in total obscurity about that. We have a guide, the Word of God. I believe in the Word of God. We have a guide, and it contains divine promises, pledging to us God's presence, protection, provision throughout the coming days. Do you believe in that? Amen. Stay with me. Forget about Super Bowl today. I'm going to preach till 3.30. Oh. <laughs> what, Dean? <laughs> Dean is going to leave early. <laughs> let's forget. Close the doors and let's enjoy the Lord's presence with us today. Super Bowl starts at 3.30. We'll be done early and you will go home and enjoy whatever you have prepared, if you watch it. My wife cannot watch it. A little commercial here for you. Every time she sees two of the players, you know, hit each, each other and clash the other, she, 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 she shouts, says, call 911, call 911. <laughs> Someone is going to die. She can't watch it. Uh, I hope she's hearing that. <laughs> she can watch uh, basketball, volleyball, she can watch all kinds of other, but this game is too much for her. God bless her heart. We have always, during this year, an open door. We have spiritual possibilities, don't we? We have challenging opportunities, don't we? No generation has ever lived in needier world than this generation. More opportunities we have to serve God 
and man. We are called to trust Christ more and self less. And with all the prayers that we have, we need to depend on Christ as we go forward with our responsibilities that God will give us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, part of the verse says, there is an appointed time for everything. And we should, because there is an appointed time, take advantage or making, as the verse says, the most of our opportunities of our time that lays ahead of us. As a church, we need to realize that our opportunities are now. This is the time. Today is the time. We are facing a world that is growing more hostile. Do you agree with that? More hostile toward Christianity and true believers. I don't mind saying yes or amen. That's fine. As long as we don't lift up our hands and so on forth. <laughs> our society is growing farther and farther away from God. We have embraced materialism with selfish practices, forgetting our fellow human being. And instead of thinking of others, now we have a motto in society, each one for his own. What a shame. Animosity is increasing toward those who love Christ. If Paul in his days could write, seize the opportunity, or redeem the time, and hear what I'm going to say, because the days are evil. How then should we react in the 21st century? The world is not getting better, and I am not a pessimistic. I am, I am optimistic, but we should at the same time be realistic. The world, our world that we live in, is not getting any better. I believe with all my heart that in these last days that we are living in, we as a church are called to face these dangerous trends in a very serious manner. It's no more going to church, listening to the preacher, and standing at the door, good word preacher. No more. We cannot. We cannot live that like that. This is below what God requires us to do in these last days. We have to come to church Listen to the word of God. Be energized and go out and win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot sit still. 
We cannot pretend. We cannot be church goers only. We cannot say, I am only a member of the church. I pay my tithing and attend church and I go home. Well, there's the pastor who's responsible. There's the elders who are responsible. There's the people who are responsible in the church. No, it's not like this. The Lord did not establish his church like this. The Lord established his church on his word. And he gave the disciples the opportunity to go out and preach the gospel and establish each and every person on the word of God and each and every one is responsible to spread the word of God. And this is what, why today it's on my heart to speak to our church, to you all, if possible. We cannot relax. We, it is very serious what's going around us. We cannot afford to sit, be lazy, depending on others to do the work. You agree with that? And then take up our responsibilities. It's of utmost importance to take a stand and go out for the Savior. Please, I beg of you, how serious are you about your Christian beliefs? Let me ask you a question. How serious are you? Are you ready to stand for them? Are you ready, even if we are persecuted unto death, to stand for your Christian beliefs? There are many in the Middle East who are dying for their Christian beliefs. We read about them. We hear about them. We see some pictures about them, but we say, oh, they are in the, in the Middle East. Yeah, they are there. They're standing for Christ. And what are we doing here? If we were to be persecuted the way they were, would we stand for our Christian beliefs? There are many today in Christendom sitting on the fence, watching for things to happen and missing many opportunities. There's an old story of a farmer who said, lightning struck the old shed that I have in the back and thus saved me trouble from tearing it down. Then rain washed off my car and saved me to wash it. And then when he was asked, what was he doing now? He was sitting on his little rocker on his chair under the tree. He replied, I'm waiting for an earthquake to shake the potatoes out of the ground. <laughs> Are we with this coming to church with this attitude? What was the Lord's, Lord's commands to his disciples? Sit on the rocker chair and wait for an earthquake to pluck the potatoes out of the ground? That people, would people come to you? No. He said, go. The word, go. The angels 
in front of the open tomb. When the disciples came, what was the word to them? Go and tell the other disciples. Go. The word for the church today, our church and every church, go to the world. Take up your responsibilities. The days are wicked days. The days are evil. Carry the cross. Follow Christ and preach the gospel. And these are the words for us today. It's not sitting at home. We have comfortable homes. We have heaters. You have warmth. You have everything. And, and there is rain outside and cold. People prefer to be home. If there's a meeting, I prefer to be in the meeting. We don't have snow, thank God. But whenever there is the word of God is preached in your church, you should be there. I should be there. We should take up our responsibilities. We should learn and go out and spread the gospel. The time when is not tomorrow. The time is now. We cannot forget. And we cannot accept. And we cannot afford. To sit like our farmer. And let things happen. This is not the time, listen, this is not the time for ceremonial routine or mechanical religion. And this is not the time to relax and say, well, hey, tomorrow is another day. We should stop procrastinating, if I may use the word, or postponing. I like procrastinating better. It's stronger. We should take a noble stand for the calling that God has given us. We should be more serious about Christianity. I say, now is the time to stand for the truth of God. Now is the time. Many people and I say it with sadness. Many in our ecumenical movement today, in Christendom, they have let me let me use the word have changed the power of the word of God. Have water, what you call it. Yeah, watered down. So it will not, it will not offend people. The word of God does not offend. The word of God blesses, convicts, changes. I'm offended at what the world is offering. The word of God does not offend. It changes. And if it falls like a, like a sword in your heart, that means that God is allowing it 
to clean your life and change your life and give you a life worthy of a noble living and be called a true Christian. The time is not tomorrow, it is now. The opportunity is for us today. And let me say this. If we miss the opportunity today, we miss the time of our life. Because who knows what tomorrow brings? Can you guarantee tomorrow? We say, well, I'll see you tomorrow. How many times many people said tomorrow, and tomorrow we read that they left this world. They were taken. By procrastinating, you know what we lose? We lose the present. Think about it. We lose the present. Alexander the Great, when he was asked how he conquered the world, listen to this, how he conquered the world, he replied three words, by not delaying. By not delaying. Satan cares not how spiritual your intentions are or how holy your resolutions, if only they are fixed on tomorrow. Let us stand. Our time is now. A sad incident in the Bible. Paul was preaching to Felix, the governor, in Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. You don't have to turn to it. Felix was a governor, and Paul was a prisoner, and they brought him, and he wanted to hear him. So how can he prove that he is an innocent man? Uh, man? And Paul was, look, in front of the governor, and a prisoner, look what he spoke to him about. He spoke to the governor, Paul, about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. And these three things were not found in Felix. But he sees the opportunity to tell him about himself and what God can do in his life. You know what he told him? Paul, Paul, I'm frightened. Go away for the present. When I find time, I will send for you. In other versions says, I will send for you at a more convenient time. And the more convenient time never came. And when I will have time, soon he was removed. In two years, he was taken back to Rome. He never saw Paul. And I don't know what happened to his life. But one thing I say, he missed the greatest opportunity of his life. Today, if there is someone who do not know the Lord Jesus as Savior, this is the opportunity. And I'm offering to you from the word of God to take Jesus as your Savior in these last days. There is no refuge better than Jesus. There is no Savior 
other than Jesus. And there is no life other than the life of a true Christian. Seize the opportunity. Take the time and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. Save me and change my life. If you say tomorrow, please guarantee me you are going to live for tomorrow. Our challenge is clear. We must reject the illusions, the seductions. Young men, women, listen to me. And false alternatives to our true Christianity that the devil who is standing by to lure people and take them to destruction. We should cling to the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come to him at this moment, and he will change your life. Christians in this church, we must do the work of him who sent us. Let's redeem the time. And this is the call that I have for you at the very beginning of this year. Are we ready? Are we ready to redeem the time? The time is now. You know why also? Because we might not have any other chance. Ten more minutes. We, this is the time, so seize it. Number two, we are at war. Let them say peace, 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 Polit politicians and all the, all the monarchs, all the presidents of the world, they're looking for peace. They'll not find it. But Christians today, Christianity today is under attack. The church is under attack, especially the church that preaches the word of God, that preaches Jesus Christ and him crucified is under attack. The church that stands on the word of God and nothing else, you ask me, many people ask me, do you have bylaws? I said, of course we have bylaws. These are our bylaws. We will never change, we'll never add, we'll never take anything out of it. My bylaws and your bylaws, this church is the word of God. We preach it and live by it. If need be in the future, we will die by it. We are at war by referring to these days as evil. Paul was communicating his sense of urgency to the Ephesians. And he was telling them, corruption is everywhere. And corruption has occupied the minds of men and women in our age, their, his age. These were his days. What should we say about our days? He tells the Christians in Ephesus, same, you know what he tells them? Be careful how you live. How are you living? A mediocre Christian life? May God help us and save us, save us from mediocrity. God wants us to live high above there. We are called to be noble Christians. We are the most excellent people that God has ever created because of his salvation. Let us not go down 
and live a mediocre life? It's not characteristic of a true Christian in this world. He tells the Christians in Corinthians, he writes to them, he says, for the weapons of our warfare is not, is not of the flesh, but divinely powerful to for the destruction of fortresses. We are at war. We need the same sense of urgency because our days are getting more difficult and evil is roaming around us. We must keep our standards. Please listen to that. We, might, we must keep our standards very high. We cannot let our guards down or compromise our beliefs in any form or shape. In other words, we cannot relax and take it easy while the devil and his demons are roaming around seeking whom they want to devour. Paul knew what he was talking about. Wherever he went, the emissaries of evil followed him to corrupt, sow seeds of doubts in the hearts of the believers. Aren't we experiencing this? There's a, there's a fight going. We are at war. He tells the Christians in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, For a wide door for effective service has opened to me, and there are many adver adversaries. And he goes on to say to the same Corinthians, I have fought with beasts in Ephesus. Does he mean... He faced lions? No. He's talking, he's talking about people. People acting in such a manner, not like human beings. What was then? What happened then? It is now. What Joseph faced in the first verse, at the very beginning in the Bible, what Joseph faced, what David faced, what Mordecai faced, what Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego faced, what Daniel faced, what the disciple faced, what all the Christians through the ages faced, we are to face. Did they fight? Did they stand? Did they win? Amen. That's the, my point today. We are not going to cave in. We are called for a big fight, and we will fight. We need to make most of the times, most beginning today. Now is the time, because our adversary would like us to fall and give up. And you know why we're saved? We're not saved to sit on a chaise long by the seashore and dream day all day long. No. We are saved to carry on the fight. It was started long time ago. We're carrying it until the end. Paul, Paul said at the very end of his life, I have what? I did not. He didn't say, you know, you, you do like me. I have relaxed all the time. No. I have fought a good fight. 
And you know what? Today we're talking about him. He won so many for Christ. And if we continue on fighting, the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. The victory is ours. I guarantee you that. The victory is ours. The story is told uh, about a man who dreamed one night that he was carried to a conference of evil spirits. You don't want to dream this dream, I'll tell you right now. They were discussing the best means of destroying men. One rose and said, I will go to earth and tell them the Bible is a fable and not God's word. Said another, persuade them that Christ was only a man. Still another one said, let me go. Let me go. I will tell them there is no God, no Savior, no heaven, and no hell. No, that will not do, they said. We could never make them believe that. Finally, one old devil, who's wise as a serpent, Adam, listen to this. He said, let me go. I will tell them that there is, there is a God. There is a Savior. And there is heaven and there is hell too. But I will tell them there is no hurry. Tomorrow will do. Tomorrow will be even as today. And he was the devil they sent to the world. Don't let the devil convince you to sit still. The devil never takes vacation. He's never sitting still. We cannot sit still. We are at war with the devil. And by the grace of God, we are going to continue the fight. Are we? We cannot relax. The world is coming to an end. I don't know when, but I know it's soon. That's what the Bible says. And we cannot sleep at the wheel. You know what one, someone, they, someone wrote about the early Christians? He said they outlived. They outthought, they outdid the enemy, and they never gave up in their fight. And that's why the Christians, the Christian, the Word of God has reached us. And that's why, if the Lord tarries, the Word of God will reach our children and grandchildren when we continue the fight. Let's carry on. Let's carry on. One word I want to warn you about. Don't dwell 
First we said, the time is now. We are at war. Don't dwell on your past failures. Please, do not dwell on your past failures. Many Christians live in the past. We are not to do that. The present is ours. Yesterday's failures cannot be recalled, can you? You can recall a car. You can recall a machine. You can recall anything. But you cannot recall yesterday. So forget that. Forget that. And focus on what you need to do today. Two, tomorrow cannot be assured. It's not ours. Three, only today is yours. Redeem the time. This is the day that we need to work. We need to come to church, attend the meetings, pray with the, me with the men and women, and gas up, fill yourself with the word of God, and go out and win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the challenge for us today. That's the challenge for this year. Are you willing? Are we willing to take the challenge and carry on the torch and fight the good fight for the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's bow our heads for prayers. May the Lord work in our hearts. Starting from the speaker to each and every one of us. And if you haven't, if you're sitting here at your, in your comfortable seat and you know that you are not a safe person, I tell you, there is no better than today to give your life to Jesus Christ. Take this opportunity and say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Please save me and change me. And then you'll become a soldier for the Lord. Pray this. And as Christians, let us rise. Let us work. Let us fight. Let us do the work of believers. And let us not compromise nor procrastinate. And the Lord will bless us. Father, we give you this word. Let it work in our hearts. Mind first and the hearts of the hearers. Help us, Lord, to live a life worthy of our calling. And help us to not to go with the tide, but stand, stand firm. Stand and fight for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Give us a good day today and help us to live to honor you. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior, we ask. Amen.